You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. If you would like an opportunity to be on Crazy Love Chronicles and tell your story of betrayal, infidelity, ghosting, being ghosted, catfish, and many more things, crazy relationships, Contact us at crazylovechronicles at gmail.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms and we will contact you. Please stay tuned for our next session. Our story, your story, real and uncut. Hello everyone, thank you for joining us on Crazy Love Chronicles with your host today, Ace Black. Today I would like to introduce our guest, Xander. So you are the portrayed in this story. Yes, sir. Okay, so where did you guys meet? That's actually a funny story because uh, I actually met her on Facebook. <laughs> Social media love, yo. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a little strange actually because... Uh, when I was in high school, I was talking to a lot of different girls from all over the place, like New Jersey, you know, here in Arizona. Like, I, like, social media was, like, my thing, you know? Like, that's most of my friends were on social media. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was, like, my, that was the easiest way for me to make friends back then. So, there was a girl that I was talking to from here. We used to flirt back and forth. Like, it was nothing serious, you know, nothing like that. And then that was when MySpace was real big. But then when Facebook started popping up, I added her on there. And then back then at the time, on the side of your profile or like like your homepage or whatever it was, Facebook had this thing where it would throw you people you may know and it would give you like three little people that you might possibly know. Mm-hmm. So she popped up on there. Her name was Mercedes. So she popped up on there. And on her picture, it was nothing crazy. It was not, she wasn't showing anything. It was just like her face, you know, like I thought she was pretty. So I decided, you know what, let me just send her a friend request and say hi. You know, that's how everything starts. Just a quick, hey, see if she'll answer. Okay, cool. So it didn't start off right away. I sent her a friend request. She accepted it. A few days went by, nothing. So I just said, hey, you know, just start a conversation, said, hey, back. So little by little, we started talking. And, uh, like, we, we became friends for, like, almost a year before anything, we got into, like, any sort of relationship or anything. She had her guy friends that she wanted to date. I was dating somebody at the time. So it was just, like, a strictly friendship kind of thing. And then as time went by, I started noticing she was getting a little more involved with me. Like, started asking more personal questions like, say, uh, I remember specifically this one time my family had a party for Thanksgiving. And when I was living in New York, the basements don't get a lot of reception. So I was in the basement with my cousins. And when I come up the stairs, my phone starts blowing up. 
messages, messages, messages. And she's like, why don't you answer your phone? And that's when it started hitting me. Like she's feeling some type of way because no friend just all of a sudden starts questioning as to why you're not answering your phone. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Yeah. So, so as time went by, like, even though it was kind of an impossible thing, I just figured, you know what? She likes me. I like her. So let me just ask her if she wants to be my girlfriend. Even though I at the time knew in my head that it was a little difficult to make it be because she was here in Arizona and I was in New York. That's 3,000 miles away, you know? Yeah, but when it's so, love, it's love, though. So, you know, it can yeah, happen. And it's, it's, it's crazy because she said yes. So she was okay with being in a long-distance relationship. And then at the time when I was living in New York, I couldn't travel. I had some legal issues, and so I couldn't leave the state. So I told her that. I made it very clear. I said, you know what? I said, I know you're expecting things out of me. I said, I can't give you right now. I said, so if that's a problem, let me know. We don't have to do this. And she said, you know what? I'll go over there. So when she told me that, I didn't believe it at first. I thought, you know, this girl is full of it. She's not going to show up to a state she doesn't know, to, you know, a place she's never been to. And so we set up a date that, you know, she was going to show up at this time and date, just have somebody there to pick them up. It's like, okay. So sure enough, uh, we were friends for about a year. And then we were uh, like boyfriend, girlfriend for like maybe a month or two before she decided to make the trip. And sure enough, she said, I'll be there Friday at this time. Uh, just make sure that somebody's there to pick us up. So me and my dad went. And sure enough, here comes out this beautiful girl with heels on, you know, tight <laughs> jeans, mm-hmm. hair done, real pretty. And I just fell in love all over again, man. So we went out to eat. We were all nervous because she actually brought her mom with her. Like, the family's basically met right there and wow, there. That's pretty, that's pretty quick. Yeah. It's so, to go down like that. So they went, I think... The biggest fear of her mom was the fact that she was traveling to a state she's never been to. She didn't want her to get lost. You know, she didn't know who I was because at the time I was very young. I was 19 when I met her. Actually, I was 18 because I was right out of high school. I actually wrote to her mom and I told her, hey, you know, there's nothing to worry about. I'm reaching out to you because I want you, I want you to just give you a peace of mind so that you know that your daughter is going to be taken care of when she comes over here. But she went over there anyway. So the families met. Her and I kicked it off great. Everything was fine. Uh, then the time came for her to leave. And so <clears throat> when before she left, her mom told me, well, now that I know what you and your family are about, I'm okay with her coming alone. I said, okay. So for two years, I would fly her out back and forth. I would buy her a round trip ticket, and she would go visit me like every two to three months. Okay. So every time she would go visit me, I would try to my best to take time off of work. She did the same, you know, uh, she flew back and forth. Yeah, a little over two years. At the time, I didn't care about the money, but it, it did get pretty expensive to be, you know, flying someone 3,000 miles round trip, you know, so I can only finally, imagine. yeah, so finally my legal issues cleared in New York. So I was able to make the trip here. And right before I made my trip here, like I believe it was like three days before I made my trip here, I was laid off from my job in New York. So when I came over here, I was jobless. 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have saved up a lot of money because I didn't want to come here over here empty-handed. Of course, I want to take her out, dinners, you know, the works. Mm-hmm. So the time came for me to leave, and she said, well, you don't have to leave. She goes, my brother is one of the main guys at his company, so he could get you on right now. They're hiring people. Right now, you don't have a job in New York. So why go back and make a trip and wait to find a job when the job is available here? You don't have to go back. So I gave it a lot of thought at the time, and I said, you know what? Fine. I said, I was planning on leaving my parents when I turned 21 anyway. Right now, I'm 19. It's not that far off, so I decided to just stay. Now, when I say I decided to stay, my parents did not take that lightly. I They, they disowned me for, I want to say, almost a year because I left everything. I left them behind. I left my sister behind, my friends, my town. And I did it for her because, you know, I was in love. You, mm-hmm. You're in love. You're young. You do what you think you, you know, what you think is right. So I came here. Uh, I basically got into a, a, a job that I knew nothing about because I had never worked outside. Like, whenever you work outside, it's hard work. But here in Arizona, I feel like it's especially hard just because of how hot it can get. Like, I believe this, the, the hottest summers have been up to like 121 degrees, 122 degrees, working under the sun. That's crazy. That is definitely crazy. Yeah, so I was making pretty decent money when I was working in New York, but then here the wages are a lot lower. Like, I think the minimum here right now is like $10 an hour. So I wasn't making all that much money, but I was happy because I was with her. So her and I lived with her mom for a while because they lived alone. Her, her dad left when she was very young. Uh, they needed the help, so hey, I'll, I'm here. I'll help you out. I think we lived uh, at an apartment complex for like the first year I was here, and then her mother actually owned two houses in a different city, so we moved to that city here in Arizona. Still, we lived with her for a while, and then I remember specifically I got laid off from that job that I was working at because every winter they laid off the last people hired. So I was the last one hired. Sure enough, I got laid off. The What happened was I already knew the job, so other companies were interested in me. So I finally found a company that was going to pay me a little bit more, and so I went with them. I think I worked at that place for about three years, and when I was working at that place, uh, I remember I had a really bad day. One day, I went in in the morning. Uh, the managers were all pissed off already. Uh, I remember uh, we were taking down a tree, a big tree outside, and somehow there was a lot of hornets underneath the tree, which nobody knew about. So when mm-hmm. we took down the tree, all the hornets came out and stung everybody, including me. And uh, it got real bad because one of them actually got real close to my eye, so my eye swelled up bad. And they were asking me, do you want to go to the hospital? You know, do you want to, what do you want to do? And I said, no, I'm fine. This is not the first time I've been stung by bees or hornets. It's going to go away eventually. Mm-hmm. So all day was just bad. It was hot. I think it was like 121 that day. All Everybody was pissed off. Everybody's wanting to go home. And the reason why that day is so important to me is because when I got home, I opened the door to the house and I went into the kitchen. There was a lot of balloons in the kitchen. And I said, whose birthday is it? You know, like maybe they're going somewhere. Maybe they're 
to have a birthday party there on the coast. But I obviously don't want to go because I just had a hell of a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so she comes out of the room, and her mom is sitting on the dining room table with the biggest smile on her face. And I said, "What's going on?" And she looks at me and she goes, "We're pregnant." At the time, like I was speechless. All I could do was just hug her. I picked up in the air, like I was, I was the happiest man ever when she told me that she was pregnant. We, prior to that, had tried for almost two years for her to get pregnant, and she could not get pregnant. When you walk in and you find out that she's pregnant, what is your first thought? I, I drew a blank, honestly, because we had tried for so long to have kids. I honestly didn't know if it was because of me or because of her, or maybe it was just not meant to be for us to have children. I, I didn't know what it was, but I was happy. I was worried. I was sad altogether. So it was like very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it because at the time I was still, I think I was still, I was still pretty young. I think I was like 23 maybe around there. So, you know, uh, not only that, but one of my first thoughts was, well, if we're going to have a child, I need to make more money, you know? Yeah. Because at the time, like, yeah, like I was still able to provide for her everything she needed. I was still able to pay rent. But when you have a life that you're responsible for, a life, uh, someone that can't, get up and work somebody that can't provide or anything that you have to provide everything for them like you need to step up you know so the pregnancy was a little rough because her hormones were just up and down up and down so it was constant fighting like we almost split up like that's how bad the fighting was then the crazy part about it was i worked with all guys so you know she would get jealous out of the blue over nothing (laughs) like Mm -hmm. But we got through the pregnancy. Finally, I, we found out that it was going to be a little girl. So once we found out it was going to be a little girl, my heart dropped because I don't know if that makes me a little sexist to say this, but I feel like girls need more protection than boys. I mean, no, I don't think it makes you sexist. I think in general, like how most men are raised is to be strong you know, to always fight and things of that nature. And, you know, for women, they're raised in a more gentle way. You yeah. know, and as a man, especially now you're, you're a father, you know, you're even more protective. You know, yeah. we're raised like that. I don't think it's a matter of being sexist. I think it's just how we're raised. I think we're geared that way. You yeah. Know, we're the first yeah, line I mean, of defense. I know me personally growing up, like, I was around females all the time, like, all my teachers were females. Like, my dad had to leave me when I was little to make a better living in a different country. So, I grew up around all women because all my aunts, you know, all my cousins were girls, my teachers, women. So, I was always this person that would try to protect them no matter what. So, now when I found out and I had a daughter, I said, oh man. Here we go again, you know? Mm-hmm. And so finally the day comes when the baby's coming. We go in, like, actually it was a little crazy because her and I are brand new to this. We don't know when the water breaks. We don't know none of that. And what happened was she went to the restroom. She said she had to use the restroom. And she said, well, I felt a lot of water come out she was but i mean i feel like maybe that was just urine and i said okay that's fine i said so we waited but her water had broken and we didn't know 
So she was having labor pains overnight, and they got real bad. And we didn't know. So finally, we decided, you know what? The pain is getting too bad. We had to go to the doctor. And she didn't want to. She's like, no, we need to wait. I don't think this is it yet. And I said, well, how do you know? You've never been pregnant before, so we have to go. Mm-hmm. So finally, finally, we went. And sure enough, her, broad, her, her water was already broken. So the baby had to come out like now. So oh, they uh, so they gave her epidural. You know, she had the baby. It was, it's an experience that's very difficult for me to describe because when you see that baby, that like that life that you created, mm. it, it's, it's, it's something that you have to see there to believe it. And like the feeling that you get when you hold your kid, it's very difficult to put into words. Did that make like, you even more protective once holding your child? I think it did. I think it did a lot more because people were going off taking pictures and trying to talk to the baby, and I was already covering her eyes from the picture, so you got to take your flashes off now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was already starting to scream at people, and they're like, relax, it's okay, we just want a picture. And I said, well, you're bothering her eyes, so just chill it with the flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just but, came out, leave her be. I yeah, it. So, so, you know, having my little girl definitely, definitely made me a lot more protective. So sure enough, we went back home. You know, life definitely changed a lot because now we were working around trying to be parents. Uh, but while we were at the hospital, she did get sick on us. She had something called jaundice, which I, I didn't know what that was. And what happened was the doctors were like, well, if you guys want her to breastfeed, that's okay. It's going to come once the baby's out because she wasn't having any milk. So mm-hmm. I think me personally, I feel like the hospital messed up a little bit because they weren't checking on the baby as much. So my daughter got dehydrated really bad Oh wow! when we were there. And we didn't know because, you know, like when she came out, she didn't do a whole lot of crying. She would like make noises. Like, you know, she was okay, but she wouldn't cry a lot. So we were about to get discharged and there was a nurse, uh, a nurse there. Uh, I forget her name. I think her last name was, uh, Yang or something like that. And she told us, you guys can't take this baby home right now. And we said, well, why? And she goes, look at her, the color of her skin. And sure enough, she started pointing little areas. Her, her skin was getting yellow and we didn't know why. And so she said, you guys need to stay, like, you, you guys need to stay here. Let me check her before you guys take her home because if we take her home today, you guys are going to come back with her too sick and we're not going to be able to do anything for her. So when she told us that, we freaked. And we stayed there actually a whole week at the hospital. I had to skip work for a whole week because she was sick. She did have yonder. She was so dehydrated that her urine was coming out like little yellow crystals. Did this cause a lot of stress? It caused a lot of stress, not between me and her, but... The doctors and us, because we were at the point where we felt like we couldn't trust anybody because they were like, oh, she's going to be okay. Oh, but yet this was the only nurse and this was a nurse that caught it, you know, not like the pediatrician or anything like that. It was a nurse. Yeah, that, so when that we is questioned it, crazy. Yeah. When we questioned the pediatrician, she's like, oh, I thought she was okay. You don't you don't think somebody's okay. You check them. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially this so, is a new life. You got to double check, triple check if you have to. Yeah, and not only that, but she's not even a week old, and, you know, they're telling us, okay, you guys can go, but obviously she's sick, so sure enough, we spent the whole week at the hospital, you know, being uncomfortable, sleeping in, like, two chairs, trying to put two chairs together, make a bed, because 
my wife and my daughter had to sleep on the same bed. She had to have that skin to skin contact, but at the same time, she had to be under like uh, this little UV light to bring the color back to her skin. And so we had to start feeding her formula. We had to forget about the the breastfeeding because that wasn't going to work out. So finally, we get past that. My boss at the time was a really good guy, and I had put a lot of overtime the week prior to that. So he goes, what I can do for you, he goes, is since you did, you put in so many hours, I'll just split two checks. He goes, I'll split your overtime and your 40 hours. This way you won't miss a check. And I said, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Because when you have a newborn, you need a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of stuff, like a lot of baby clothes. But I had to get formula. That formula is not cheap. Like, I, I think, like, a small can is, like, Close to $30. Yeah, no, they definitely, it's definitely pricey. You know, we continued that. Like, she got, my daughter obviously got better, started growing up. You know, I was still with this dead-end job that was, I was barely making it. But even though I was barely making it, my wife still had her nails done. She still had jewelry in her hand, and not cheap jewelry. She was, she was expensive. She was an expensive woman. She still had her hair done. My daughter still had clothes on her back, still had formula. There was times where, because I wasn't making enough money, her formula would end before I got paid. So we would just have to stretch it out, man, put put a little bit of water in there. And, you know, as long as it built up her belly, she was okay. Yeah, but you're still getting up, taking care of everything that needs to be done and, and working as hard as you can. I was trying to put in as many hours as I could. I think the most hours I worked in a week was like about 85, almost 90 hours. That was working outside. So that, that's that's rough because yeah. working from sun up to sundown outside with the heat is, is, is brutal. Man. But I, I didn't care about doing it because at the time, like I said, I was happy. I was providing for them. You know, my wife was, was a great woman and I didn't care. Did it put stress on your relationship for you to be working so much? It did put stress on there because she wanted me to spend time home with our daughter. But at the same time, it's like, well, if I spend time here, we're going to be short, you know, mm-hmm. because at that time I didn't want her to work. And that, that's something she told me. She's like, well, I can get a job. And I said, no, I said, I need you to stay home with the baby because look at what happened when she was barely born. Like, I feel like nobody else can take better care of her than you. So she stayed home. And then finally, I had an opportunity to come up. Okay, cool. I had a job opening at a different company. It's different type of work. But the pay was substantially much. Like, it was a lot more. It was like double the money that I was making. Mm -hmm. And so finally, when that opportunity came, I said, oh, yeah, I'm taking it because I need it. Sure enough, I left that job. I started working at a much bigger company. Uh, they're like a chain of companies. They they produce uh, chips. I'm sure like you've seen the bags of chips for Frito Lay. So that I finally got I got into that plant. I started working at that plant. So oh like wow, said, that's my, crazy. That is definitely crazy. I've worked at Frito Lay before coming to where I'm at now. Yeah, that, that, I, I, it, it was incredible because, like I said, I was struggling with money, you know, but even though I was struggling, I was still taking care of them. But at the same time, I wanted to spend some time home, too, because I was missing out on a lot with my kid. Mm-hmm. And so finally, opportunity came. I got the job. I think I was at that job for about three months. And then finally, I got my own apartment. I got my own apartment with her. And things. I think that was probably the peak of my relationship with her at the time because she was ecstatic when we got her own place. She was always like going to buy home decorations, getting things for the kitchen, 
She was always cooking. She was always taking care of my daughter. I started liking the fact that I was making good money. So I started working crazy amount of hours. Mm-hmm. And even though we had money at the time, she wasn't, she was still a little unhappy because again, I'm not home. But I said, well, I said, look at what you have on your hands. I said, your, your fingernails are always done. I said, look at the rings you have on your hands. They all have diamonds on them. I said, you have, you know, your hair is always done. I said, the baby's taken care of. I said, you have a car. I have a car. I said, which I never thought we'd be able to do. I said, because back then we had to borrow cars to go to work. I said, and now we have our own. Mm-hmm. So little by little, we were moving up, but somehow she wasn't, she was still, you know, she had her days where she was like second guessing things. And I was like, well, you shouldn't do that because we are in a much better position now than we were back then. So whenever we had that conversation, she would understand. She's like, you know what? You're right. I'm being ungrateful. And I said, okay. I said, you said it. I didn't have to. Again, I continued moving up. So here come the better cars, the better everything. And then my mother-in-law at the time said that the house that she was living in was a little too much to handle. It was her home. So she wanted us to take the home and take care of it. Something in me said, no way. There's no way I'm going to go back to the town we were living at. And there's no way I'm going to take over this house because I don't like it. I don't like the house. Not because it's an ugly house, but because this is not the house that I picture me and my family in. You know what I mean? I get you. I get you. So put your time into what you guys have now. I wanted to keep moving up and I felt like going back to that home was a step back. So she was fighting with me on it. She, my wife, my ex-wife wanted to go back to that house. She's like, the, the payments on the mortgage are cheap. There's no reason why we shouldn't go back. And I said, no, I don't want to go back there because I feel like we're going to have more problems. I said, we had a lot of problems over at the house. I don't want to go back to it. Sure enough, she finally convinced me after like almost three weeks of fighting about this that we needed to go back to the house. So because I'm What made trying you to be, go back? How did she convince I, you? Was it just I, the fact that you loved her or what was I it? I think it was I think it was a little bit of everything. It was that I wanted to be I wanted to make her comfortable with whatever she wanted because I loved her. Like I put her on this pedestal that, you know, now I realize that she didn't deserve. But at the time I wanted to keep my wife happy. I wanted to make my daughter happy. I wanted to do whatever I had to do to keep them both happy and not need anything. Not only that, but I was working a lot, so the fighting and the stress was starting to get to me. So I said, you know what, let me just stop fighting with you. Since this is what you want, let's go back to the house. Your mom is saying that she's going to live with us for about three months, and then she's going to move out. Right? That was the plan. Okay. Sure enough, that plan did not happen. We ended up moving back, and her mom stayed with us. Because I don't know exactly what happened to her plans. Like, they went out the window. So she said, oh, you know, is it okay if I just stay here? And I said, well, it's, it's your house. I said, so you can stay. I said, and we'll leave. And she goes, well, I don't want you guys to leave. I want you I want you to stay. So basically what she wanted was to not be alone and then have us living in with her. But the issue with that is that when you are married with somebody, you need your privacy. You need your own everything. You need your own vehicles. You need your own 
place, you know, to have your own discussions, to not have anybody else get involved in your arguments. And that was one of the issues that I had with her, that any time that her and I got into a fight, somehow her mom always always ended up getting involved. And I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But That could be very, very stressful. I could only uh, yes, imagine. Yes, it, it, it can be. And that's why her and I were so happy when we had finally left, like got away from her mother. Not because she's a bad person, but because, like, it's like I said, when you're a couple, you need your own space. You need your own everything so that whenever you get into an argument, it's just between the two of you, not a third person. Mm-hmm. We ended up staying there for a while because I don't know why, honestly. I think maybe it's just because we got comfortable again. I don't know what it was. But what happened was she, once my daughter was old enough to have other people to watch her, she ended up getting a job. At first, I had told her, you know what, I don't need a lot of help. Just get a part-time, pay your bills, and I have the house, you know, everything else. I'll take care of the rest. And she was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Once we were making a little bit more money, she wanted more. And I said, well, you can get a full time. I said, but you just got to remember that I'm here. I said, you're not alone. I said, you got to remember that your daughter's here. I said, you're not alone. I said, and you got to remember that even though this house is not ours, like, basically, half of this side of the house is our home. I said, so you got to remember that you got to keep up with your job, me, the baby, and the house. I said, so don't forget about that. And she said, no, it's okay. I'll handle it. So sure enough, uh, she ended up working where I was working at the plant that I was working. She was in a different department, but she ended up working there. So we would see each other almost every day. And, like, we were happy. So you guys enjoyed working with each other then? Yeah, pretty much, because we didn't work in the same department, but we worked to where I would see her on my breaks or when I was doing my walk, because I was working in the warehouse. I was working uh, in something called auto palletizing to mm-hmm. where I would have to do a walk to see what they were running at the time so I could input it in the computer in the back. I would see her. She would smile. It was fun. You know, like we would go to work together. We would leave together. We would eat lunch together. It was great. Because you're at this very stressful environment, and here's your wife to, you know, you can bet to when you break. So, you know, it was great. So she would went to me, I went to her. Everything was good. Mm-hmm. Finally, she ended up leaving that job because her job was only part-time, and she wasn't getting a whole lot of hours. I, I would tell her, you know, just wait. Wait a little bit longer. They, they will offer you a position. Finally, she said, no, I don't want this. I need more money, whatever. She decided to leave. When she left, she started working at this uh, retail place. And I wasn't very happy with her working there just because our schedules were very opposite. So when I was at home, she was working. When I was working, she was at home. So that was a big no-no for me. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. She continues this mission to make more money. I don't get why, because we were doing okay. You know, like I'm. I'm the type of guy that as long as I have a car that runs, a place to live, and food on my table, I'm okay with that. But she is the type of person that, you know, yes, we have all this, but what more is, what else could I possibly obtain? And there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, like you want to have nice things, you work for them to eat. You know, mm-hmm. go for it. Anyways, finally, she ended, she ended up getting this job working as a CEO in a prison. Obviously, when she as told me that CEO she was going to get... a CEO in a prison? 
Yeah, she went through the training. She did all of it. She passed with blind colors because, you know, like she's, she's strong. She's young. So, you know, they, that's what they need over there. So that if something happens, you know, mm. they can handle it. What, the, so what she, ran through your mind, though, when she got this job? Like, you know, you, you said you're protective. You know, and this is your wife. Like, yeah, I know well, personally there'll be no way. Be no way. It wouldn't even be a conversation. I don't want to talk about it. It would just be a no because I'm just thinking you're a CEO, all the different things that happen in prisons. You know what I mean? I'll be too yeah. stressed out for it. Yeah, and, and, and that was one of my biggest arguments with her is why a prison? There's so many other places here that pay just as much as the prison does. I said, when you're not in so much danger, so why a prison? And she would just say, well, it's not about working at a prison. Every job is dangerous. Every every job has its ins and outs. This is just another job, and I can make my money, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? I said, this is not up for discussion. We're not going to talk about this. You don't, you're not going there. And it was just a constant fight. I, I, I'm not even joking when I say this. I think we fought about this for like a month and a half. I would have had the same stance. I can't even hold you. I would have had the exact same stance. Yeah, like, I, like I, I honestly, I think, yeah, I think that, that right there put a lot of stress in our the relationship that her and I had. Prior to her getting this job offer, her and I had this little, uh, I don't know what you call it. I don't want to say separation because it wasn't. I want to say she distanced herself from me a little bit, and I couldn't understand why. So every time I would ask her questions as to what's wrong, why are you acting like this, she wouldn't. She would just shut me up. She left for like two days. This is prior to her getting this position at the prison. She left for like two days with uh, one of her cousins so she could think things through, and then she comes back, and she's like, I'm sorry I did that. You know, like, I don't want to lose my husband, you know. We had taken off our rings, like our marriage rings, and so that in that that day we decided, you know what, we're gonna put each other's rings back on, and we're just gonna work on making us better. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, we have to be more open with each other. When you don't like something, you tell me. When I don't like something, I'll tell you. After that conversation is when she got offered this job. So sure enough, I wasn't gonna shut up about it, and I told her, I don't want you working there. I get you. I get you. Somehow it ended up being to where she was making a humongous deal about this. So I said, you know what? Go work there. But the minute that I see something wrong, you're getting out. The minute something happens, you're getting out. The minute that you feel like you're in danger, you need to get out. I don't care. I said, quit your job. Stay home. I'll cover the bills. I said, my job pays well enough to where I can handle it until you find something better. She said, okay. So she started working there. She was ecstatic. She said, the job is super easy. I'm not around the inmates. I'm in the control center. Like, I don't have to do anything. And so seeing her happy made me happy. So our relationship was great. My daughter was getting every single toy in the store that she wanted. It was just like, okay, here you go. You know, anything she wanted, she was getting. So we were good. We were great. Okay, cool. Like, if we were having it better before, this was like two times better than that. Because we were both making really good money. It got to the point where we were making such good money that our bank looked very good at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. To where I actually got her uh, this truck that she wanted. It was a, it was a lifted truck. I think uh, the truck itself was like almost $35,000. And I said, this is very expensive. And she's like, I know, but that's why we work. 
She goes, so, okay, you want it? It's yours. She was, she was out of this world when we got that vehicle. <laughs> uh, Christmas came along and she said, well, you know what? She goes, uh, I, I have my, my engagement and my wedding ring and they're beautiful. She goes, but maybe you could upgrade them for Christmas because we got to the point where we didn't know what else we could get each other. So I said, okay. I said, so I went out and put out almost five grand of my own money to buy her new rings. Mm-hmm. We were basically on top. When mm-hmm. I say that, we were making good money. Like her rings were, sh- like her hands were shining no matter where she went. Her fingernails were done all the time. And I continue to focus on her fingernails because that was a big thing for her. Like she always had to have her nails done. Mm-hmm. So we were doing so good that we were starting the paperwork to get a home, to buy a two story home in this like very big complex, like of just like beautiful houses. And she wanted one. So I said, okay, you know, we'll start the paperwork. I said, I'm not, I don't like big flashy houses like this. I said, but you want it, so let's go for it. So sure enough, we were starting to consult people about our credit. And, you know, if you guys got another vehicle, they go, your credit will go up even higher. So sure enough, I said, well, my vehicle needs to be upgraded. I said, so why not? We were doing great. But then I started to notice little things here and there. Mm-hmm. At first, I started to notice that every time she would go to work, she could never go to work without her makeup on. Never. I didn't question it because, like I said, my wife was one of my biggest prides. She was beautiful, you know, and everywhere we went, she would turn heads, you know, like, she wants to do her makeup, let her do her makeup. I don't care. I can understand that. So I let it be. Okay, you know, you know, I I wasn't going to raise any questions, start a fight, or possibly nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I started to notice that she started hitting the gym a little too hard. She started losing a lot of weight. She got really skinny. And I said, okay, you know. It got to the point where even my mother-in-law, who was still living with us at the time, told me, she's like, it doesn't bother you that she's going through all these changes. She goes, and that, you know, she's, her, her work shirts look like really tight, like her body looks great. She goes, she looks beautiful, but why is she doing all this? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, but like I said, at the time, I thought everything was great, so I didn't question it. Mm-hmm. So one day... I'm working with a coworker who has a sister that works at the same prison that my wife is working at. And then apparently there were starting rumors about why is she coming to work with her wedding band and like her, her engagement ring and her wedding ring flashing. Why is she getting this big ass truck? Who is she showing off for? Mm-hmm. And the rumor got back to me. So I told her about it. And she's like, yeah, there was, there's a rumor at work that they're saying that I'm trying to show off for somebody. And I said, well, why not take the rings off? I said, no, let me take that back. I said, no, you're not taking the rings off. I said, put your old ones on. I said, because there's no way that you're going to go to work with no ring on. You're a married woman, so no. Mm-hmm. Okay. She agreed at first. She had a little incident at work where one of the inmates was like falling in love with her and all this. That's crazy. So she said she was going to quit that job, and I was all for it. I was ready for her to quit that job because I was not liking the rumors, and then here you have an inmate that's fixated on her. That's bad news. Yeah, that's definitely bad news. You can never, so, you never know what could happen in a situation yeah, and, like that. Yeah, and she was, she was actually involved in an incident where two inmates actually started fighting in front of her over her. And I said, Damn. well, why are they fighting? Yeah, like, you know, they, she goes, well, they don't. Well, the way that she explained it to me was, well, they don't have, they don't go anywhere else. 
they don't they have a lot of time on their hands. We're the only women that they see. So they're gonna get fixated on us. It's up to the CEO to how far that fixation goes. She goes, but I don't want no part of it anymore. She goes, so I'm gonna try to find another job. And I said, Okay, fine. I don't know what happened. For a good month, she was putting in applications at different places. She was doing her best to get out of that job. And then in a month, that all stopped. She said, no, I'm not going to do that. I love my job. I said, okay, you know, it's a little strange. I said, you might be, you could possibly be in another incident. I said, but just know that if this happens again, you're done. I said, you're going to quit and you're going to stay home. She agreed. So I wonder, right? Because it seems like you were just doing everything to just completely make her happy yeah at any time did you you know put your foot down i think i should have done that more now that everything happened i should have done that more but my biggest thing was i wanted to keep her happy no matter what like i think i think i let my love for her get the best of me to where i was accommodating her a little too much and i think she got used to that she got she took that for granted you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So thinking back to it, yes, I should have been a little bit harsher on her. I don't know why I did it. You love you know, her. It's, all, it's simple. Yeah, I, I love her too much. That, that's the thing. So here is where things started going downhill fast. When we got her vehicle, I was supposed to go get mine uh, upgraded on my birthday. Okay, We had already made the first payment for the vehicle that she got. After we made the first payment for that vehicle, things started to change. I don't know what happened. She was telling me I'm not happy anymore. I don't I don't want to be in this, whatever this is with us anymore. We're bored with each other. We don't talk as much. And I said, if there's a problem, there's no way that we can't fix it. I said, because when you're married, you don't just up and leave. I said, when you're married, you fight, 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 fight. If that doesn't work, you fight again, and then you try one more time, and one more time after that. I said, because that's the commitment that I made to you. I said, but to a, to to what you're saying, yes. I said, we are getting too focused on our work and our jobs and having nice things that we're losing track of me and you. So after her and I had this conversation, it was almost like her green light to start messing things up. So you guys just kept growing apart in a, in a way? Yeah. Yeah, we, we were growing apart, but I had already told her, I said, you need to let us fix this. You can't just give up on it. And she has said, okay. But that okay when in one of her ears and not the other, because I was working at fixing us and she wasn't. She didn't care. So slowly but surely, she ended up telling me, well, you know what? I don't think we should sleep in the same room anymore. I'm going to go sleep on the other room on the other side of the house. That's when I knew it was getting bad. And that's when I knew something was up. This was just random? So, she asked that? Well, what happened was, after she gave birth to my daughter, her sex drive went out the window. I don't know if that's normal. And she actually looked for help for that. But she didn't follow through with it. So it got to the point where her and I weren't being intimate for almost three months at a time. Oh, wow. Did you guys and, ever go to counseling? And I actually brought that to her, to her attention. I said, if me and you are having this many issues, I said, and we're not being as intimate as we used to be, we need to get help. And she's like, no, I don't believe in counseling. I said, it's not about you believing in it. I said, well, you haven't even tried it, so how do you know if it's going to work or not? And she just, she wasn't having it. 
I get you. I get you. So after that, when she moved out of the room to sleep in a different room, that's when I started dragging things out of her because she wasn't talking. She started saying things like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. Obviously, that's going to bother that, that hurt because I'm over here thinking we're doing great. Yes, we have our problems, but there's, there's nothing we can't fix. And mm-hmm. she's telling me that she's ready to drop all of this and make a whole life change. I think my biggest red flag when I knew something was up was I came home one morning because I work nights. I work the night shift. I work the graveyard shift, which is from 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I get home in the morning. Her truck is home. So I said, oh, she's home. So I walk inside the house. My mother-in-law said, oh, she's not here. And I said, well, her truck is outside. Where the hell is she at? She goes, she got picked up by a friend from work. And her friend's going to come drop her off. So when I heard this, my blood started boiling. Because you have this brand new vehicle. Why are you getting rides for work and to get brought back? Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. So she comes home and she comes home with this attitude because I was already pissed off. She's like, why are you all pissed off for? And I said, because I said, I just got you a $35,000 vehicle so that you don't have to ask for rides from nobody. I said, I don't care. I don't care. I said, if you have to either walk to work or borrow your mom's car, if there's something wrong with the truck, I said, you're not going to get a ride again from wherever this is. And that was a big fight. Right. Okay. One, I think about a week after that, I was in the truck with her and we were talking and she goes, I have feelings for someone else. This concludes the first part of Xander's story of being betrayed by his wife. To hear the rest, go listen to part two. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Crazy Love Chronicles. You can check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can stay tuned to us on Spreaker, Spotify, can watch us on youtube but please be sure to subscribe click the bell to be notified for future videos by crazy love chronicles our story your story real and uncut